misinformation we know goes viral much more quickly than, than good old fashioned truth. Um, and especially now, like look what's happened with the pandemic. That's a perfect example. The first thing that jumped out to me as needing clarification was also something I thought was the weirdest thing. And it had to do with birth control. It was about taking melatonin and this idea that melatonin quote unquote cancels out your birth control. The truth is that things are just not hundred percent. And that was so off the wall weird to me that I was like, okay, let's see what else. And then, you know, the train had left the station and there's so much bad stuff out there related to birth control, pregnancy periods. I mean, I could spend my days just replying to these sorts of things. I would lose my mind because some of them are just so depressing and I'm like, no, people can't really think this. So I try to focus on the ones that tend to get the most traction or are really potentially harmful. Hi, I'm Sylvia Beckerman. Join me today as I talk to an extraordinary woman who is changing the world by making a difference in her life and the lives of those around her. I'm Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, board-certified OBGYN, author, and social media educator, and welcome to Sylvia and Me. Dr. Lincoln, I might call you Jennifer. You sure can. Um, And I will call you Dr. Lincoln many times because of the messages that you are putting out there. And you said you're, you know, you're board-certified, you're an OBGYN, you're an author, and the the title of your book is Let's Talk About Down There, and we're not talking six feet under, we're talking <laughs> body parts. I love um, it. One of the great things that, I, that um, I've read is that your passion is helping girls, women, and those assigned female at birth to understand their bodies and feel empowered to advocate um, for themselves. You want to demystify sex ed, boy, could we use that? Uh And you also believe that we as women deserve a doctor who's approachable and honest and someone who will actually listen to us. And that Uh to me is one of the biggest things women are usually just fluffed off as you don't know what you're talking about. So Uh let's get into how did you even decide to get on social media and why? Because you now have over 100,000 followers. You went viral when you started talking about uh, virginity and the fact that it's a social uh, constraint. So let's start at the beginning. Social media, you know, you're a doctor. Um, why? Yeah. Yeah. I will say, Sylvia, it was not, it's not part of the plan, but just like everybody else on social media, you know, I was sharing pictures of my kids and interacting with my friends. And I started to follow some physician mothers who I really felt like they got me and I got them and we got to know each other. And then I saw how they were using their platforms to educate so successfully. And when you talk about the issues that I deal with every day, you know, sex and pain and periods and all that stuff, like that stuff, society generally doesn't really want to talk about mainstream. We're getting better, but you know, Um, And it might be something that we don't want to talk to our doctors about all the time in the office. Even when you go in for your annual exam, you might be too afraid to say, you know, sex really hurts or those kind of things. But I saw people educating and getting so much, so much engagement online. People who were saying, oh my goodness, I didn't know I could talk about this, or I didn't know my body was supposed to work that way. And I thought, okay, let's give it a go. I minored in English in college. I love to write. It's like my fun, you know. It brings me joy. Um, 
And it was just, it just sort of worked out. I could communicate. I could take these topics that were considered taboo. And I just jumped into Instagram first and then TikTok very reluctantly, like very much totally made fun of everybody on TikTok. It was like, who goes on there? (laughs) Right. And then there I was and overnight it went crazy. And I was like, well, I guess I do have to be here. And it's been super fun, you know, and so the rest is history. Well, the way you do it, you do it in a fun way. You're very serious about the topics and the information. Mm -hmm. So what are, I know um, it's not just educating, it's so much misinformation that Mm -hmm. is out there because people are so afraid to, as you said, maybe they're embarrassed to talk to their doctor. So they might talk to a friend and with social media, people wind up meeting people that they don't know. Mm-hmm, and right. then all of a sudden, you know, a buzzword goes around. So what, uh, what was one of the first things that caught your eye that you knew that you had to explain that people weren't getting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Misinformation we know goes viral much more quickly than, than good old fashioned truth. Um, and especially now, like look what's happened with the pandemic. That's a perfect example The first thing that jumped out to me as needing clarification was also something I thought was the weirdest thing. And it had to do with birth control. There's so much misinformation about it, but it was about taking melatonin and this idea that melatonin quote unquote cancels out your birth control. Excuse me. Like, thank you. (laughs) Yes. And I, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. No, no. Like, you know, and people would send me stuff all the time and It'd be a one-off and I'd be like, okay, but there were so many TikToks, especially about this. And so many people saying, oh yes, that's, that's true. To the point where I had to contact the people I trained with, like in my residency class. And I was like, guys, did I miss something? Because people are really sure about this. (laughs) And they were like, no, Jen, you did not. And I, you know, looked into it. And of course there's no research and there's no data because it doesn't, but they had this idea that if you take melatonin, your birth control doesn't work. And that's why, you know, somebody who made a TikTok, that's why she thinks she got pregnant. And the truth is that things are just not hundred percent. And that was so off the wall, weird to me that I was like, okay, let's see what else. And then, you know, the train had left the station and there's so much bad stuff out there related to birth control, pregnancy periods. I mean, I could spend my days just replying to these sorts of things. I would lose my mind because some of them are just so depressing. And I'm like, no, people can't really think this. So I try to focus on the ones that tend to get the most traction or are really potentially harmful. Well, that's it. Some of them are potentially harmful yeah. and yeah, people like don't understand that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, you know, I'm trying to get the words out because there's so much misinformation there. Um, mm-hmm. I read yeah. something you put on uh, CBD tampons were supposedly mm-hmm. a big deal. I mean, yeah. And that, oh my gosh, that's such a funny story. We, we could do a whole separate topic on that. But I actually went and made a whole YouTube video based on this, this TikTok. And I dove into the research and I, you know, because when I put stuff out there, I really, it, you know, it's got my name on it. And I want people to know that it's legit. It's evidence-based. Um, I will tell you the makers of that, those tampons do not like me very much right now. Oh, and wow. I do think there is a world, there might actually really be a role for their product, but their, their data just isn't there yet. But it was an example of how somebody makes a TikTok, it goes viral. And I'm like, well, let's look at the evidence. And cause if it's there, I'm all for it, you know? And if it's not like, let's just have an honest conversation. And those nuances sometimes get lost in a 15 second TikTok that says, 
you know, your birth control is going to kill you. Like, can we, can we talk a little bit more about that? (laughs) You know, you talk a lot about sex ed, which is taboo in so many places. In fact, 39 states and DC have, uh, only 39 states in DC have sex ed mandates. Only 17 states have required sex ed to be medically accurate. Don't you love that? I don't get that. I mean, they have to be medically, uh, it's school, it's education. I know. And when I discuss that with people and I give them those statistics, so many parents don't know that, right? You think you send your kids to school, like they're going to get the education they need. Well, depending on your zip code, Maybe not. And maybe they're telling you that the school district says they're covering it, but no healthcare provider has actually reviewed it. It's not based on accurate data. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to education, because then these are the people who go on TikTok who have no idea how their bodies work. And somebody always comes on and says, oh my goodness, I don't, I can't believe that women don't know how their bodies work. I'm like, well, you get the results you're set up for. So if you're in, you know, Texas or Tennessee where these things aren't covered why would you expect them to, to understand it? We're not giving them the tools and it's not dirty. It's just biology. Well, that's it. We're not giving them the tools. I mm-hmm. know that, you know, one of the things you mentioned birth control and you know, young girls are on birth control and women are on birth control. And, you know, if you don't know someone, you want them to also have other protection and, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a male partner will go, well, if you have birth control, why would we need a condom? Why would we need anything uh-huh, else? Uh-huh. And that's, you know, one of the areas that you've also delved yeah. into. Yeah. And we've also raised girls traditionally in this country that they're supposed to be submissive. And, you know, I mean, I think it's somewhat changing, but we still have that idea of, you know, there's the slut shaming because then a guy could say, oh, well, maybe it's you who has the STD if you want me to wear a condom. And there's so many things. So, I hope that with my platform and with others who are using it, that we're on there giving people the, the words and the, and the um, kind of like just the, you can do this too. Like it's not dirty to speak up. And if somebody is making you feel dirty for doing that, then maybe you don't want to be around them, you know, giving them the confidence, the idea that this is, this is the expectation that you are able to advocate for yourself um, and you should. And that's it. Um, usually we're grown up not to, not to vocalize how we feel. Um, and that that's, as you said, submissive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. we can go straight from there to virginity is a social constraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is talk a little it's bit super about fun that. when I talk about that one, because some people get really angry at me and tell me I'm going to hell. And I'm like, I'm a doctor in a pandemic, my friend, I'm already there. So <laughs> I might as well have some fun. Um, yeah. So what basically what it is in a nutshell is this idea of virginity that society is obsessed with, which is that, you know, just even think of the phrase losing your virginity. So when somebody has sex for the first time, they've lost something, which most people, um, equate it with this loss of purity of innocence of, you know, now who would marry you? I mean, people, girls are still getting murdered in other countries because they're, quote unquote, failing the virginity test, which is not a real thing. It's serious. And that's terrible. And then on a less serious note, it's just this idea that like, once you've had sex, sex, you're all used up, you're, you're no good. Um, and that's how we teach people to be. And again, when you don't teach 
accurate sex education in school and you only teach abstinence only education. That's what you're setting people up for. But the idea is, so there's no medical definition. And if there was, I think I would know about it because it's like kind of my whole job. Um, but so when you start diving into this and asking people, okay, well, what's, what's virginity? And they say sex. I say, okay, well, what counts as sex? Well, uh, you know, a penis and a vagina. Okay. What about two women who only have sex with women? What about oral sex? What about anal sex? What about all these other things? What about using toys? What about using a tampon? What about, you know, having an orgasm for masturbation? And then you see where it falls apart because everybody has their own little definition. And that's my point is that you use whatever definition works for you if you even need one. But also, why is this so significant? Why are we so obsessed with it? Because in the United States, we love to say that girls are supposed to be pure and innocent and submissive until their wedding night. And then they better turn into a sex kitten because that's how, you know, they are worthy based on the size of their breasts and their hips and how good they are at, you know, pleasuring their husbands. So it's a super weird dichotomy, right? Like no sex. And then you better have sex. Oh, and you better have babies too, because we don't like women who don't have babies. <laughs> There's so much wrapped up in it. Okay. So let's, mm-hmm. let's go into that because you know, back in the 50s and, and early 60s, you had all of these movies with, uh, and no one will know who this is, Annette Funicello and Paul Anke. You had the Disney movies, right? Love Annette uh, Funicello. Beach, so, yes. Beach, Beanie, <laughs> you know, and, and, and no one had sex. Um, and, and on the TV, it was censored. They had two twin beds, Yes, but Lucy was pregnant, you know, and they weren't allowed (laughs) to use the word pregnant. Um, and, and that all brings me to what you call, um, well, mom shaming, Mm -hmm. but on top of that is also, let's stick with mom shaming for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then I want to go into something you called obstetric violence, Mm -hmm. because to me, it all sort of goes together because we're supposed to be pure. Then we're supposed to be hotter than all heck Mm -hmm. and then produce babies. But there are some women who don't want to have a child and hooray for them to know that and not have a child because society told them to. And then they really don't want to, they don't know how to nurture. They don't, it's not what they wanted to do. Right. So good for them for, for knowing that and accepting Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are women who, you know, have babies and no one really tells us anything beforehand, because even if you did, things happen to other people that, don't happen, didn't happen to your friend, didn't happen to somebody else. And, you know, being pregnant and giving birth is your own personal story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not everyone is able or wants to have it exactly the same way. And we're supposed Mm -hmm. to embrace being pregnant. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to embrace all of the being uncomfortable and we're carrying a child and then going through, you know, uh, through birthing, we're supposed to be stoic. And I love when they attach you to a, uh, a a contraction monitor and tell you the contraction's over, like, heck, that contraction's over, excuse me. (laughs) And then God forbid you need a Mm C-section. Well, there starts the mom shaming. Yeah. Talk to people about that. Yeah. I I think you hit it on the head that it starts way before anybody's ever pregnant. And it's all these, all these shoulds, right? This idea of what we should be. We should have babies. We should be able to conceive naturally. 
you should be able to have an unmedicated vaginal birth and you should love it and you should bond with your baby and you should breastfeed and you should still be able to bounce back, whatever that is. So there's all these shoulds and, and they, they really bother me because what I really, I can't stand anybody telling a woman what she should do. It even bothers me more when it's another woman. And I see a lot of this shaming um, on social media, you know, oh, you, you had a C-section that's not really giving birth or, you know, getting pregnant. You should be thankful that you got pregnant. You shouldn't be upset. You should think of all the people who couldn't get pregnant. So you shouldn't complain about your pregnancy. There's just so many shoulds and it's just ridiculous. And, um, it starts from a woman's control of her own fertility. I know your reader, your viewers can't see this, but I'm wearing my no country for old men uterus t-shirt today. Cause I'm about <laughs> to film a YouTube video for men about lots of things, but it's this idea that you, you don't get to tell another person what to do with their uterus. So it, I think it even starts, I've seen a lot of this on social media, people who are short, they don't want to have kids or they have terrible periods, they're done, and they can't find a doctor who will give them permanent birth control, whether it's a tubal ligation or a hysterectomy, if there's other medical issues, because they haven't had kids, or they're only 29. And I I think, you know, there's a lot of counseling that goes into it. But at the end of the day, you have control over your body. And just that I'm pro-choice about whether, you know, somebody wants to not be pregnant anymore, we should continue that with whether or not we think that in some point they have to have babies, because they don't. And I love you interviewed. I listened to the podcast you did with one of the authors from the Turnaway study. Um, Diana Foster Green. Yes, which is, and so if your listeners don't know, it's basically a study, which was amazing, which looked ten at years. who, yeah, 10 year study looked at women who wanted a, an abortion, but were turned away, hence the name. And it showed that they do horribly afterwards because they, they knew that they were not prepared to give birth. And so they have higher rates of you know, of of mental health disorders and and their babies don't do as well. So the key is, is that we do know what we're doing um, and we can speak up. And so if we say we don't want to have kids, cool. If we say that we want to have a baby by ourselves and not have a partner and do IVF, cool. It's all about what do you want? And when it comes to birthing, um, feeling heard, feeling respected. That's really why I wanted to dive more into that obstetric violence topic, which, um, which I, I, like I did in my YouTube video, it was really hard to talk about because I think I'm a really good doctor, but I know that there are people out there who aren't and I don't want to scare people, but I just want to inform them. So they know you have the right to ask for X, Y, and Z. And if you're not getting that, please, please go somewhere else and find somebody who can support you because you deserve that. Well, can you, can you talk a little bit more about obstetric violence and, and what that is, because when we hear the word violence, we usually think about, you know, domestic violence, mm-hmm. violent acts, and these can be traumatic. And um, I'd like you to go into that so people understand, because yeah. I don't think it's, it's, it's a phrase that people have heard. Yeah, no, I agree. And I know that when I first heard it too, and I explained this in my YouTube video that I was very much like, oh, taken aback because it sounds very, it sounds very physical. And, you know, I'm like, well, that doesn't happen. But basically what obstetric violence is, it's, you know, I explain it in my video, like think of it like obstetric violation or really obstetric violence in that a person who's giving birth is not treated like a person. So their delivery, they may not be listened to. The extremes are, you know, being held down to the bed or a forced C-section. But it's way more nuanced than that. It's the comment like, oh, it hurts. Well, you know, you got yourself into this. So, you know, I bet it felt good when you got pregnant. So what did you expect now? Like just degrading, you know, exams without consent, um, being made fun of, 
um, just really being treated more like an object. And um, as I posted that video, seeing the comments of people who've experienced that too, um, it's really heartbreaking because it happens, you know, and I'm not saying that it happens all the time or that I want to scare people who are pregnant, but it's really important to know that even when you're pregnant, even when you're in the middle of that contraction, you are not some helpless being and how you, how you feel matters and you deserve to be heard. So I also want people to know that there's things that they can do to feel empowered, to feel like they are in control because that's really important. And the other thing is, you know, once a woman has a child, they're supposed to immediately bond with that child. They're Mm -hmm. supposed to be the best mom in the world. They're supposed to breastfeed. They're supposed to this. They're supposed to that. Um, And it's it's so much, you know, the, the knowledge that you've put out there, you allow people the platform to disagree with you, as you've said. Mm -hmm. They can mm-hmm. stop following you if they don't like what they, you know, mm-hmm. read and really yeah, want right. to be uh, empowered in, in, in whatever they think they know. But that's one of the things to me, it's so, it's so horrifying that we sometimes allow ourselves to not be heard. And, you know, we opened this up when I first uh, met you just a few minutes ago. I said, um, we could have used you, you know, the baby boomers could have used you back in the day because no one talked about this. And yet the information that Mm -hmm. you're giving out is great for baby boomers, because as our children are are getting older, as we're having grandchildren, and I just had my first grandchild, Oh, congrats. I know. I know. It's so, it's so cool. Um, That's the best. <laughs> the, the best. And you're educating people who did not know this, who grew up with, mm-hmm. oh, you're supposed to just be happy about it. You're supposed to abstain from sex for until you get married, then you're supposed to be, you know, kitten with a whip, and then you're supposed to just Mm -hmm. bounce out babies, and then you're supposed to this and that. But for so many who were silenced for so long, now what you're giving is the tools to be able to say no, really, right, you needed a C-section, you needed a C-section, you wanted a Mm -hmm. C-section, because you couldn't go through all of that pain, you're not going to breastfeed, okay, it's not the worst thing in the world, because guess what, you know, if you give the love and the compassion and and the ethics that you, you know, have, and you do what you feel is best for your child, no one else gets to tell you exactly there are there are no set rules to follow. And And um, I feel like when I wrote I was gonna say, like, when I started on social media, when I wrote my book in my head, I'm always like, I'm always talking to like an 18 year old who's about to go off to college thinking like, what has she not been told in high school? And what has been so fun is seeing the 18 year old and then her mom or like the 58 year old who goes, oh my goodness, I bought this for my, you know, for my niece, but I read it first or I watched those videos first and I didn't know any of that. So thank you. So like you said, I feel like we have just you know, and myself included, I went to an all girls Catholic high school where the message we got was not the message that I now understand about <laughs> my sexuality and myself today. So I feel like I'm catching up too. And, and I'm also the target of my 
content creation, but it's for everybody. And it's super important for people to understand that you're not stupid and you're not at fault for not understanding or for having an opinion that once you think like, oh, wow, I never thought of it this way. Well, of course you didn't. Nobody gave you those tools to then say, you know what, moving forward, X, Y, and Z. So it's been really fun to see the breadth of ages of people who are, um, who are enjoying this. Um, and I'm right there with them, you know, like I just, I get it too. It's, it's, um, it's just really hard when you feel like, you know, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And I joke, I'm a mom, you know, I've got two boys. I had all these ideas and yeah, now my kids have the McDonald's, you know, menu memorized and whatever, they're going to be just fine. Like you really have to decide like, do they have a warm bed to sleep at night? Do they know their love? Did I mess up today? Sure. Like a thousand times. But at the end of the day, we're all doing our best. Like we're going to be okay. And I, I just hate the pressure that society puts out there, especially for women, especially in a pandemic, we're, we're holding it all together. Barely. Like, let's be honest about how much this sucks, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just to put it succinctly. Yes, Mm -hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. And with everything else going on, um, the amount of misinformation and um, you actually engage with the people who um, comment, uh, mm-hmm. the people who follow you. It's not just, you know, little likes. It's mm-hmm. not the little emojis. There's conversation going back and forth. And one of the things that I really like is if something that you put out wasn't really clear and someone questions you about it, you'll go back and take a look and you'll go, oh, thank you for put, pointing mm-hmm. that out. Yes, the wording was a little bit confusing. You know, mm-hmm. here you go. Let me know if there's anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fun. And I think it's important for people to see Um doctors, we're not perfect. God, I wish we were We'd, like, my life would be so much easier, but we're not. And it's important for them to see that and to be relatable and to, to own it when you screw up. Cause we will, you know, and there are other people out there who comment and engage and they're a little more, what's the term wackadoodle where they're just wackadoodle. They're being shameful or whatever. And I have a lot of fun sometimes with those too, but for those who are like, truly like, I don't understand, like, can you help me or I, I'm not sure you said it this way, or I would have said it that way. I'm like, thank you, because I'm constantly learning. Like we are all learning and that is totally okay. You know, but that's the thing we are. And if we're not open to learning, um, nothing's going to ever take place mm-hmm. with all of the technology that's out there. Things are different than they were uh, yeah. years ago. I mean, I I know one of the things that you've put out there is about the vaccine Um, Mm -hmm. and you believe that pregnant women and women who have given birth should definitely get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that a lot of women who follow you have thanked you for actually describing the reasons why and whether there's any adverse reaction that's going Mm -hmm. to take place and whether it's harmful or not to the fetus Mm -hmm. or the baby when they're, when they're breastfeeding. Right. Um, Yeah. There's so much misinformation about that. So I'm super passionate. And what is, um, you know, what I tell people is I get it. There's so much stuff out there. You don't know who to listen to. Um, a study was actually done that showed that people aged 18 to 24, if they saw something shared on their social media and it was from somebody they knew, 90% of them would believe it, which dry, which just makes me horrified because think of, you know, 
your aunt Sally, who might be sharing something, you think it might be true because you know her, but when in actuality, it's, it's very, very wrong. So my goal is to become people's aunt Sally, to help them feel like they know me, they trust me. They know if I say something doesn't have evidence, then it doesn't. And if it does, it does. And like, I understand I'm a mom, like I've said before, like, here's the things and here's the things I see in the hospital and what happens. So I'm happy to have those conversations. And the number of people who have messaged me saying that because they saw something that I put out that helped them feel informed and educated and understanding that they were able to get the vaccine or talk to their doctor about it, like makes my day. And for the trolls who come for me for it, like, it doesn't matter because the, you know, the number of people who, who, you know, even if it was just one person who was able to do that, like I can, you know, I could like quit today and feel good about it. <laughs> I think one of, one of your quotes that you have on your website is Viva La Volva. Yes. Love that t-shirt so much. <laughs> One of the other things that you're involved in is Black Women's Health Initiative. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing? Yeah. So just, you know, in terms of um, reproductive issues related to racism in general, um, I am rather outspoken about it and not because I find, feel that I'm an expert, but because I believe that if we, and when I say we, I mean white people who tend to have the power when it comes to healthcare and really everywhere. Um, it's important for us to address this because um, it's a problem that was created a long time ago, not by me directly, but I have benefited from that system. So it's important for me to call it out as well. And as somebody who has a platform that's pretty large, um, you know, you can't always rely on the person who's experienced the racism to, to call it out. It's not fair. Um, and so to say, here's things that I, you know, even two years ago, I didn't think about, you know, word choice or things I didn't even think about affected my patients. And I continuously learn on the, about this. Um, and so it's important for me to keep, keep this conversation going. And it, it's uncomfortable because I've put posts out or I've said things and um, somebody will message me and say, well, I didn't like how you said that. I would have said it this way or, you know, and sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, you're right. Like, yes, I should have said this or no, I think this is okay, but I'm also not going to make everybody happy. And that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay. That's the only way that you learn. And that's how we get these conversations going that are so desperately, um, desperately needed, especially in the field of women's health, where we know that black maternal mortality is so much higher um, in this country. And that is something that we've ignored, ignored for far too long. That's very true. We, we have, and we need to you know, we, we kind of know uh, why it needs to, it needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. um, everyone deserves the same kind of healthcare mm -hmm. and the, and the education. And again, that's what you're giving so many people is the education. I uh, hope so. I really hope so. Because I think it starts with, you deserve to get the care. Like you said, everybody deserves to have the care, you know, the same access to care. When you think about female black physicians in the United States, only 5% of physicians are black, only 2% are female black physicians. And I happen to know some amazing ones, mostly because we've connected on social media um, and we need more. So medical students who follow me, pre-meds, I want them to know that there are other people out there who are amazing, who are in the spots that you wanna be, here's where you can find them. And you have to be able to see it to believe that you can do it. And so I hope that that statistic changes because it's, um, it's so desperately needed. I live in one of the whitest, actually, I think the whitest city in America, Portland, Oregon. 
it is really hard when somebody says to me, can you let me know where I might find a black OBGYN? Um, in my city, I know of one <laughs> and that's terrible. It's, it's people deserve to have choice. So I'm hoping that statistic changes. All right. Which brings me to one of the last things we'll talk about. And that is, we mentioned a little bit, cause you mentioned the turnaway study. Mm-hmm. We're coming up against Roe versus Wade. We're coming up mm-hmm. against um, something that I feel is absolutely horrific. And that is, um, having the right to do the power over our own bodies mm-hmm. be taken away. Um, vigilanteism, you know, out there, mm-hmm. what do you say to the women who are so scared that this is happening in mm-hmm. areas where there's, there's very little, um, that they can get to. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say if they're scared, they have good reason to be because it is, it's a terrifying time. And this last year was the most restrictive year in terms of laws that limited access to abortion, um, in the history since Roe v. Wade was, was put into effect. So to live in a place like Texas, where you almost have to know you're pregnant right away in order to be able to access an abortion and to know that you might have to travel or then have a delayed abortion later in, you know, let's say in the second trimester, as opposed to the first that has more risks associated with it, not for any medical reason, but purely for laws that are about control. It's super, super scary, but I, I, you know, I'm about what can you do about it? Let's just not be scared. What can we do to change things and know that your voice matters, know that in terms of working to get the word out, legislating, donating money, if you can donating time, There are so many resources and places that are helping people in Texas, and it will be elsewhere because this will happen elsewhere, to get them the care that they need to help them travel to, you know, childcare costs, transportation. Um, But to understand that there is something, you know, if you feel like, well, what can I do right now, Jen? That's all great and whatever. But like, what about today could I do? And I would say education is empowering because they can't take it from you. So if you understand when you can get pregnant, how to not get pregnant if you don't want to, and if you happen to have sex when you could get pregnant. Maybe you didn't use protection or it didn't work. The condom broke understanding emergency contraception. So knowing all of these things can help, but I still understand how terrifying it is, but doing the things that you can to empower yourself, such as, you know, having a prescription filled and in, in, in your medicine cabinet for, um, mesoprostol and mifepristone, if you were to get pregnant and, and wanted to have a medication abortion, like thinking ahead, And in the meantime, doing all the other stuff in the background, I just want people to know that it's okay if you're listening and you don't agree with abortion and you don't agree with me. Like I am never about convincing people that you should agree with abortion. I am trying to convince you to understand that your belief should not affect somebody else. Just like if I believed that my, you know, relative was going to die of a kidney issue and needed a kidney transplant. And we somehow figured out that you could be a donor. I can't force you to donate that kidney. And nowhere would we ever legislate that, right? That sounds so out there, so like weird, futuristic, right? But yeah. that's exactly the same thing. Why do you get to tell somebody whether or not they should continue a pregnancy? And if it's based on your religious beliefs, I totally respect that, but understand they're your beliefs, not everybody's. So trying to reframe that a little bit and understand what happens when we tell people that they're forced to give birth, which is way higher risk than any abortion um, and what that does to society. You're telling women that they don't matter which is what we got back to the beginning of this discussion is, which right. is, <laughs> we've been told that from the beginning. So if you want to agree with me, like, yay, you know, 
female empowerment, well, it's really from the start to the finish. So and empowerment is education. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Nobody it's can the, take it from you. <laughs> that, you know, there's several people that I have um, had on the podcast, uh, whether they've been victims of genocide or victims of, of uh, some kind of violence or trauma. The one thing that they've always kept in their mind is no one can take that education away from you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Educate yourself. Knowledge is power. The right knowledge is power. Right. And so, right. And that, that in today's day and age with everything going on, the right knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, checking your facts, you know, if you, if you want to question someone, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to kind of end this because I know we're on a time constraint. Uh, you just put something out for Valentine's Day. Valentine's mm-hmm. Day is February 14th. It's a few days, you know, about a week from today or something like that. Yeah, I don't um, know. <laughs> and you, you don't matter, but it, it's meant to be something where, you know, someone has to be with someone and, and mm-hmm. tell us the reel that you put out on, on, I saw it on, on Instagram. Yes, it was so fun. So it's for, um, it's for a clitoral stimulator and it is a sponsored post. And I do do those sponsored posts sometimes because I'm like, this is amazing. And I want somebody to have this, or, you know, I turned down a ton of crazy stuff, but when they, when the company womanizer, um, which I hate that name, but whatever they contacted me to see if I would promote their product. I was like, absolutely. Because you should be able to take your pleasure into your own hands. And what better time to remind yourself of this than Valentine's day, when the world is obsessed about, you know, who are you with, or maybe wait to break up with them after Valentine's day, or, you know, are you with somebody and blah, blah, blah. Are you, when are you getting married? You know, like whatever, you don't need somebody to feel good. And so I had so much fun with that. Um, the best part of me filming that reel was that it was on a day when my kids had no school and I'm in my office, like I've got all this stuff out and, you know, and obviously we're very open about things. I'm a vagina doctor. Like I have models and stuff everywhere. So we talk about stuff, but I wasn't about to be like, let me tell you what this is to my six-year-old. Cause that's just this kind of, you know, whatever. So I was able to do it in like one take and get it done. And they were watching TV and I was just so pleased with myself <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great product. So I highly recommend it. And you don't need somebody, you know, to feel good. And, and even if you do, it's okay to touch yourself too. And, um, that has been very interesting. A lot of male responses to my masturbation YouTube video that went out about a month ago who were like, you know, I can't, I don't want to feel like I have to compete. And I was like, no, no, it's, it's about the more the merrier. And, and if everybody feels good, we all win, you know, there you go. We all win. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, where can people find you? What is, uh, on, on Instagram, on TikTok, yeah. what is the so handle? You, I don't know what you call it now. The handle, it's the handle, if you would say the handle, uh, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, it's a DR Jennifer Lincoln um, on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And my book, Let's Talk About Down There is available wherever books are sold. I'm a huge fan of supporting local bookstores. So if your local store carries it, awesome. If not, ask them to carry it. Um, but yes, it's available on Amazon, that sort of thing. Um, and my website, drjenniferlincoln.com. All sorts of fun stuff. Jennifer, Dr. Lincoln, thank you so much. This has been, it's not only just been fun, it's been very interesting, educational. And as I said from the very beginning, something that young girls, older women, women of all ages um, really 
need to educate themselves and it's and you've given everyone a platform to get information and to question the information and so i think uh kudos for that and uh thank you for your time it's been thank great you so much for having me so fun it's never a, you know a bad day when i get to talk about vibrators and you know our anatomy you know for a wee bit <laughs> i love it so thank you thank you for joining me today if you liked what you heard please share it with another person you think would be interested and if you haven't already, please subscribe. This has been a Life of Prey production.